So I recently got married. Okay, congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, it was last year. Moved into an apartment with my wife. Okay. So I used to work, I used to have a day job, my wife had a day job. Well, it's just the two of us in an apartment. We had to agree on who does what in terms of chores. So, like so there was the cleaning, there was the uh, cooking, there was uh, taking out the trash as a typical husband's job. And then there was also laundry. But there was a lot to do. And بالعكس احنا قلنا we want to be cleaning service, we want to do everything ourselves. Bahrainia or yeah, okay. Yeah, Bahrainia. Um, I, ha- I had the bright idea to do laundry. I thought, okay, I'm not going to clean bathrooms. I did that when I was in the military. I'm done with done that. With that. I'm going to do laundry. Bad idea. Really? Bad idea. Okay. Keep in mind that you're doing laundry for yourself and for your wife as well. Sure. So it's a lot of clothes. Oh, women's clothing is different than men's it's clothing. Different. It's really different. Mm. And the clothing that she buys you, you better take care of it. Uh. Yeah. I was spending, just for the two of us, around 30 minutes a day. Just on laundry. Astaghfirullah. And I was confused. Now they were labeled and I, oh, mashallah, the l- l- blouses, the sweaters that I shrunk. Huh? So I was confused. And it was taking a lot of my time. And I hated it. I hated every minute of it. From thinking about washing to sorting the whites and the blacks and then the colors and then what goes into the machine, what is air dry, what is, because if you dry everything, they're going to shrink. Mm. And to taking it out and then pressing, oh, that took a lot of time. You were doing even pressing and ironing? I, I agreed. I said, I'm, I want to do the whole thing. Impressive. And what like impressive? Bad idea. I, I'm surprised you even took it on. I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah, I'm hamas to it, Ms. Hey, yeah, you want to, yeah, he look good. Yeah, hey. yeah, so I'm going to help out, you know? Hey. Yeah, we're different, yeah? We're <laughs> 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 you know, I'm going to do it all. Um, took a lot of my time. I was surprised then. Why? I was at home. My mother, I you just drop everything in a laundry basket, mm. and poof, next day everything. Magic, ready. huh? Nobody knows how. It's Magic. just there. Next day, it's fresh, smells good, ready to go. And if I if it's late, it's helping. But you don't know the process behind it. But anyways, opened up a whole new world to me when I moved to the apartment. And I said, okay, so you know what? We need to do some things at home and, and find a laundry. So I started going out on the market and I was, let's, let's just put it this way, I wasn't satisfied. I tried to use a few of the apps on the market, but again, it did not fulfill my need. My intention at the time was to get rid of laundry. Okay. I decided. Uh, this it took a lot of time. I said, you know what? I'm not going to just give them a few things. I just want to get rid of laundry. Hmm. My pride wouldn't say, no, you please do it. I couldn't. I'm going to get rid of laundry. I'm going to get rid of My objective, like I said, was to completely outsource laundry, to find a way that is efficiently, easy, simple to use, and I couldn't find it. Hmm. And uh, the whole market is shaped in a way, in such a way, that people prefer to do laundry at home, whether themselves or through help or shagal or whatever it is. And the items that cannot be washed at home, you go and that's how the market has been built for years, hmm. for f- quite some time. I'm not like in the 60s, 70s, Leon. They're dry cleaners and everything is at home, but that's not what I was looking for. I'm kind of a bihal. 
So I told my wife, like I said, look, I tried doing it at home. I looked at the shops about it. I tried a few apps, but there's something that's just not clicking, and I'm surprised. I said, you know what? Let's build it. You know, I, I'm gonna do an app just to get back at these people. It was a joke. Okay. I didn't mean it. Okay. That's Leo's a spy. That's how he ended up with a dog. <laughs> 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 Same exact story. <laughs> Interesting. If I kill you, it's just get like these spark. Mm. I'm just thinking about it every day, every day, every day. And I started doing some research. I started really getting into it. And then uh, I was like, you know, this is it. Because I've been looking for, I always knew I wanted to start my own business. I always knew that the corporate lifestyle was not for me. Mm. And even though I did well, alhamdulillah, but again, I knew it wasn't for me. I was never happy. I was never satisfied, right? But I always also knew that I needed to find something where your gut feeling is telling you, just do it, let's touch it. And this was it. Mm. So I started looking into it more and more and more. And uh, I woke up, I told my wife, I'm quitting my job. And how long was that process between you having that spark of idea and you one saying month. to you? One month. So one month it's been in your head. Every day. Every day you're every thinking day. about it. Every night you're going to sleep. Every, you're day. every time you're doing the laundry, you're thinking. Lala, it was, it was an obsession for a month. My God. Okay. Guilt. I'm quitting my job. And what did your boss say? Not my boss. That started my wife. Okay. <laughs> um, that's nice. You involved her in the decision. That's good. Lazim, lazim. Um, Again, we're a new generation. I was very lucky. She was very supportive. She says, I know the way you think. I know who you are. Do it. Let's touch it. Because if you don't, it's a bigger problem. Just do it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, Adi. Mm. So I was like, okay, good. Yeah, that, that settled. Went to work, submitted my resignation, told my boss. And uh, he came back to me, says, what are you doing? I said, no, I'm joining a startup. That's what I said. I'm joining a startup. And then he says, are you crazy? He says, it's COVID. People are losing their jobs. Uh, you just got married. What are you doing? I said, okay, let me rephrase. I'm starting a startup. He says, oh, man, fly. Yeah. He just said, go, go, go. Let's fuck it. And uh, that was nice. Golly, just, just do it. I know and that you. was your first customer as well. I, I know you. He says, I know you do it. Uh, don't Fantastic. think twice. So, um, that was that. And again, going back to why it all started, right? I was looking for a solution now to get. We laid out a plan and we said, you know what? We're going to build something different. And I know it's cliche, but we want to reimagine laundry, right? Okay. And we kind of reverse re-engineered it, start backwards, as they say. Okay. And we literally spent six months just working on the user journey, customer experience, UI, UX. Mashallah. Mafakir fil business model. Did not put a thought into it. And I did that on purpose. I okay. told them, nobody think about business model. Nobody okay. think about logistics. We'll make the numbers work. We'll find a way. Yeah. Okay. Nobody think about these things, how we're going to do it, where we're going to do it. Just think about what is the problem you're going to solve. And from a customer perspective, how are we going to solve it? So six months doing nothing, just that. I quit my job, right? Mm. And I was just working day in, day out on the customer journey, the UI, UX, understanding who the customers are, walking, you know, kind of going through the whole process with all the different personas, all the different segments. Right? At that point, did you have some help, a team or something like that that you hired or initially, was it just you? Initially, my f I'll put it this way, my first partner was my wife. Okay. 
she worked with me on the branding. We worked with a company that's um, she's a she's a designer as well. So, so she helped me out with a lot of uh, these things. And I also have a buddy of mine who was with me in London and when we were doing our masters. Um, and every time I'd meet him once a week over a cigar. And the relationship I had with this guy was really t- we just talked about life and business, right? It's like an offline podcast. Mm. Th- that's all we used to talk about, life, business. People don't do that anymore, do they? No. It's strange, huh? And that was really our relationship. We had a very good relationship, but we weren't the type of your It was, this is what we talked about. And he tried being an entrepreneur, it didn't work. He went into the whole corporate lifestyle, but he knew he had that fire in him and he had a few ideas. He started a business. And one thing I loved about this guy was he's really curious. He reads a lot. He used to talk about books all the time. And he's a workaholic. He's, he's, he has a can-do attitude, right? When I introduced the idea to him, I said, listen, the Uber for laundry, this is what I'm doing. I quit my job. And he started helping me every single day, every single day. And I said, Nasser, just join. Why don't you join? He didn't think about it. He said, I'm in. I said, okay, quit your job. Then you're in. Follow the same path that I did. Mm. Quit your job, then you're in. Now the whole UI, UX, everything is ready. Mm. I need somebody now to help me build the operations. Mm. No business model yet. Focus on the operations. How do we facilitate what we want? And you're the guy. Oh, he quit his job. Did not think twice about it. Um, then suddenly you had burden. Suddenly you didn't just have a wife, you also had now an emplo- a partner, an employee. That was a lot of pressure on you. It was exciting, man. Uh, especially in the first couple of days. It still is, but and at that part, like somebody just joined you, so somebody believes in your vision. Mm. That feeling is is crazy, right? That's how you think about it. Mm. The burden is there, of course, but you the way you see it is, okay, so I'm I'm onto something. He believes in what, in w- what the vision is. Mm. So it's, it's really motivation more than anything, right? Validation, absolutely. Yes, and a huge weight lifted off your shoulders because you've got now somebody taking on the reins and trying to figure out how to focus on this side of the business while you're still working on your core, okay. right? Which is product, customers, uh, the whole user experience. And we started building the product. Uh, two more months down the line, uh, we're done. We've set up the whole uh, operations. Everything is ready to go. This is month eight. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Uh, business model time. Mm. Now, I love data, data analytics. I was actually my major in the States. Best mm-hmm. I knew finance and business model and that whole business side of things, right? The business acumen that comes with a lot of people. I knew that I did not want to focus a lot on this. I wanted to stick with the whole strategy and the vision of the company and building um, this whole product that we think are going to change people's lives, right? So I brought in a third party. Mm. And his sole focus is the whole business model, the whole finances side of things, the legal side of things. Right? And how did you find them? So the third partner is somebody I actually grew up with. Okay, so still you're internal. Everything's internal. Everything yes, is so yes, far yes. just through friend circle. You haven't looked through through other pages. I did, now. I did. It's not like I didn't. Okay. But the thing with this third guy is toughest negotiator I've met. Okay. He doesn't pay for dinner. <laughs> no, relax, relax. He'll make sure the bill is right. Okay. He's that guy. Okay. Um, Fun to hang out with. If, if you want a free meal from Talabat, just uh, speak to Shub. Yeah. They did something wrong and you want it for free, just speak to him. Yeah? He's that guy. Okay. 
Um, uh, Allah Ali, he's, he's, he's really driven, he's very strict, he's that type of person, you know, he focuses on numbers, focuses on our, on our bottom line, top line, focus on the legal side of things, on negotiations, managing vendors, a hmm. lot of, where a lot of people would say they would call the dirty work, where yeah, he things loves that it. you have to do to run the business, he loves it because he excels in it, right? Um, so we started, we built our team, we started hiring people, uh, started developing the product, um, and we launched. And I don't know uh, if you have if you have the history, but we launched with a waiting list. Have you heard of a, ever heard of a waiting list for laundry? Never, never. Mashallah, Alik. It worked. Can you like open magic. the Instagram down so people also know what the business is? And the images of it? Okay, so we know the branding? Yep. Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it. Not your typical laundry. Absolutely. And, ha and how, did you, how did you build that customer expectation? How did you build that, the, the, that people were already waiting? We created that excitement. Okay. Uh, we created something that is, so we said, okay, how do, how, how will, where is the business going? It's a traditional business. Sure. Laundry is treated as a commodity commodity today right and it's a massive business and all of them ki are kind of when i say all or most of them are kind of going in the same direction sure in terms of pricing branding color but we said we're gonna go the exact opposite way right offer free laundry <laughs> <laughs> you can. that would be one hell of a lost leader can you imagine? It depends what <laughs> what are you trying to achieve? I think if you're if just trying to piss a few people off, so yeah, sure, do it. Yeah. I, I I think just th disrupt the market and leave. <laughs> just I, cause damage and damage and go away. And go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if you offer like like let's say one month free laundry for for one year contract that is signed, I think you would you would have people like knocking on your door. I think. So we're a D two C business, right? Mm. We're not a B two B. Not yet, I assume, or no interest. Not yet. We don't have any interest yet, let me put it that way. But what's different about us? Um, let's start from the customer side of things, right? No call center. Okay. No shop. No brick and mortar shop, right? So two of the things that we're used to today, gone. Mm. Applications, live chat in the applications, really friendly team, extremely, extremely friendly customer experience. Like they, if you call them by mistake and tell them, or you speak to them by mistake and tell them, I want a pizza, they'll get your pizza. Oh, okay. So that's how that's You how heard it here then. So let's tell. Go ahead. <laughs> <give it a laughs> um, that's, that's a very beautiful designed app. Thank you. Thank you. No, we had an amazing team that really worked on it um, in terms of design, branding. Um, where, where, did you have a lot of the schemes, the colors? Does this did this come from you and your wife? Or initially, yeah. Yeah. With, with our initial... Uh, consultant or branding agency that we're working with sure but these were the colors that we were going for okay any particular this is day one any particular reason why you chose these colors the two of you does it represent anything from the two of you no nope you just liked it it just chose you the color chose you that's okay no story behind it it's okay. just something that rang a bell for us a color that we really liked okay um the first time i saw these colors were literally I wouldn't say the name, but it was one of um, on one of these e-cigarettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, what yeah. do you think of this color? Yeah. And we built on it from there. Oh, perfect. Hey, if it works, it works. Um, okay, so now back to how we're trying to really be different. Like today when you want to do laundry, you go to a regular shop or even online. 
Mm. Um, it's usually per item, right? So the t-shirt cost X, sweater, shirt, trousers. The list goes, it's a really long list with a different pricing for each. And then they ask you, usually, uh, wash or dry clean. So they give them your items. Say, okay, sir, do you want it washed or dry cleaned? What would you say? I'm asking you. Yeah, I'll probably wash. I don't give a shit about dry cleaning. Unless it's a suit, then it's dry cleaning, obviously. So why would you pick dry clean for a suit and wash regularly? Because that's what I just got taught. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So people think more expensive means premium, means better care, right? Sah. And dry clean is more expensive, so automatically you would associate that with a better quality service. service. Quali quality service. No. Big mistake. Some items are just for dry clean, and if you wash them, they'll uh, they get damaged. Yeah. And vice versa. Some items oh. are should just be washed, and if you dry clean them, them. So it depends on the fabric, depends on the item. So that's one thing that we talk about. You know, okay. Now what about that long list of pricing, right? To me, that was, for me, it was one of the headaches at the time. That's why I didn't outsource anything. Imagine every week just going through this list and counting what's in my, what's in my basket. And yeah. Saying, okay, I've got a shirt and I put it there. Oh, and, I and there's a lack of trust as well. You don't know if they're playing with you. So I said, they're trying to get it. okay, this we need to get rid of. How? Why? We said we're going to go with the bag concept. Okay. Really different. So when you sign up for Doobie, you get a welcome kit. And a welcome kit, if you could go back to uh, the Instagram, the Instagram, I'll show you the bag. So the welcome kit includes there. That's the welcome kit on the right. On the right. The one and with. this includes our Doobie bag. Okay. So when you get the welcome kit and you try to place an order, you just literally pick on the bag that you'd like. Okay. Each bag represents a service. So you've got a press-only service. You've got a wash-and-fold service for your casuals. So we call it Doobie Casuals. Shatter, I like that. We have Doobie Press. We have okay. Doobie Home for your linens. And then okay. we've got Doobie Delicates. Okay. So that's anything that needs to be delicately washed, uh, pressed, and handled. Okay. We don't tell you how we're going to wash it. Okay. We've got an expert to assess and to decide. Sure. Right? He checks every fabric, says this is hand-washed, this is dry clean, this is blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you just pay for the bag. It's one price. It's very clever. You don't pay per item. You don't pay per kg. And you can have the bag half full, completely full. It's the same price. You know how much you're paying. It's never going to change. Okay. And of course, you're going you're gonna to ask me the question, what if I just have one item? What if I just have a shirt that I want to wash? But going back to what I was saying, what was the problem? What was the gap that I was trying to bridge? Today, the behavior is that you do laundry at home. And only some items you pull on Because with the back concept, you're literally telling them, forget about laundry equipment at home. Do everything barra. Okay. Right? So that's why the bag is there. And what's the turnover period? Uh, it's two days. Two Currently, days. But we're trying very hard not to bring it down to one day. One day. Okay. So you just fill up the bag, close the bag, leave it outside the door, driver picks it up, gets it ready, comes back the next day or the day after, and uh, your items are ready to go. As simple as that. So four services caters for all of your needs. Everything that you require. And how does the mechanism work? So is it a subscription program that I pay monthly or something like that? So currently, if you pay per bag, you just per bag, you just choose the bag that you'd like, place sure. the order, pick a slot, driver is there, ready to go. Okay. And the driver then waits downstairs while I put stuff in the bag? Or do they... The first time. For the first time. Okay. Once you get the welcome kit, you already have bags with you. And every time you place an order, we give you additional bags for your next order. Sure. So we always make sure you've got stock at home. So my question to you then, sir, is... For a branding strategy, if yes. I was in your position, I would contact uh, either DHL or local mail here in Bahrain, yeah. and I would pay them to deliver like those bags. Yeah. 
to just a bunch of addresses in Bahrain. Uh, you're looking at me like you already <laughs> thought about it, right? <laughs> and I'm guessing the cost was, was just ex astronomical, right? Look, in, in the beginning of every startup, you need to do things that don't scale. Sure. And that includes cost, time, sure. effort. Sure. So we did that. Okay. Uh, it wasn't through DHL anyone. We have our own logistics uh, capability. Kind of, so we did it ourselves. That's smart. Even better. And yeah. I started with my apartment building, for example. I just bought in a box filled with bags. And yeah. I started going to the whole thing. Hey, every single la? apartment. Hey. And it worked like magic. Yeah. Exactly. And um, and we just get, you know, people download the apps, speak to us on chat. We love the bag. Thank you for sending it over, blah, blah, blah. So the feedback was amazing. And good idea. And it worked. Straight, straight, straight. I love it. Um, and then just build from there. So currently it's this paper bag. So you just, okay. you think of the bag as your laundry basket. Every day while you're just, your pile is getting there. You just drop everything in the bag and then the driver picks it up ready to go. Subscription is launching very soon. Okay. A lot of customers are asking for it. So that's definitely something we're working on. And would you do it as a tier subscription? So either driver comes once a week or twice a week? Yes. Or is the bags a subscription part? Or do, does it a mixture of both things? It's a mixture of both. Okay. So the way we've set it up is you choose the number of bags you want. Okay. Per week or per month is up to you. And then you choose the frequency, how many times you want the driver to come over once or twice a week. As simple as that. You pay one fee per month and you're set for the whole month. You can always freeze, unfreeze your subscription, your traveling, best, and your card is automatically charged unless you stop. When is it launching? Very soon. Very soon? Very soon. Tell me the day it's launching and I'll be the first one who subscribes. Done, done. Consider Halas. Done. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You've, you've sold me already. Done, done, <laughs> you've done. sold me already. If, if it's a subscription model, they don't have to have a headache and then look at the bill, blah, blah, blah. It, and I know, halas, I'm done. You got me. But the beauty is, the beauty is, the way it's built today is you always pay for the bag in advance. So no bill. Yeah. You know how much you're paying. Yeah. That is one of the things that we wanted to solve. No post pay or bill or we count how many items and we bill you. It's one fee. We tried our best to make it affordable, and it is. And uh, you can always budget. I you I always know how much you're paying. I totally get you. I totally get you. But for whatever reason, my head, thinking that the service is available, it's one-time fee, chalas. Chalas. Chalas, whatever. I'm done. I'm done. And I don't have to book it on the app and blah, blah, blah. It, it just I know the concierge. I can dump it there. Guy yeah. comes. Easy. Pick up. Drop yeah. the concierge. Chalas. Done. You'll be the first person to know. Khalas, my word. Habibi, Khalas. I'll, I'll be the first you know. one to sign up. I'm I'll done. Let you know. And what, what payment portals are you using? Are you going through cash? Are you going through Everything benefit? Everything is done in the app itself. Okay. So we've got uh, benefit. Okay. We've got credit cards, and we also have Apple Pay. Okay. So all the payments are made in the app itself. Okay. We're launching a new feature very soon. It's called Doobie Wallet. Okay. So you can even top it up, get extra benefits. Oh. Smart. Smart. Yeah, yeah. You took that from Uber, though, I imagine. Uh, you can be honest. It's fine. We all take ideas from other places. You can say Uber Kareem. Uber Kareem. Okay. Kareem. Okay. That's, uh, Uber it's, owns it's, Kareem now. So that's smart. Kareem. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna Are you gonna make like cards and then and then for people to buy to then give to friends and stuff like that. Like gift cards and stuff like that? Soon, soon. So we always take it on phases. Sure. Um, Sorry, I'm overloading you. <laughs> no, but I, man, it's, it's really nice. I can see you're excited about it. Just I love your product. It's, it's, uh, you've convinced me already. Um, soon, soon. Uh, initially, we want to start with a really simple approach mm -hmm. where you get benefits out of topping up. Okay. And then from there, we want to see how, how people actually respond to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yes, definitely. You can even buy gift cards and share it. Yes. 
And it's part of the plan. Do you own the facilities then, or do you rent the facilities? Very good question. Um, so our business model, I'll explain it to you. Currently today, you've got facilities. So these are the, the laundry providers, right? And they can be big, medium, small, doesn't matter. And some of these guys do have an app or a website or WhatsApp, for example, right? Um, and it works for them. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got aggregators. What these guys do is they take all of these people who don't have the digital capability, put them on a page and aggregate it, called the marketplace. Mm-hmm. la aggregator or facility. Okay. We're somewhere in the middle. So the way we work is uh, we work with large-scale facilities, B2B facilities, who are underutilized. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. I like Mr. Beast approach where he would go sells burgers through kitchens that are underutilized and then use that as a distribution hub for furthering his business. Okay, that's very clever. And these large-scale facilities, um, who are their main clients? They're mainly B2B predominantly, but they also have a B2C side of their business. So who are their clients? They, they serve hotels, airlines, mm-hmm. hospitals, so really premium clients. And of course, there's more supply than demand in the market. So they are usually underutilized. And uh, the way a lot of these laundry facilities work is they're underutilized at certain hours. Sure. So what we do is we work with them on a B2B model. Mm-hmm. So they just have to deal with us, right? They don't, have, they don't, they don't need the headache of dealing with customers on a daily basis. Of they just yeah. deal with us. We work with them on whenever they are underutilized. However, we classify it. Kill deal there. Mm-hmm. And we get wholesale prices from them. And what we do is we provide customers with what I'd like to call hotel level of quality at an affordable rate because we're kind of bridging the gap. We're giving these guys business when they're underutilized, but we're also giving customers access to these larger scale facilities. That's so smart. That's to really so focus smart. on the bigger players. That's so smart. I love uh, it. We operate an asset-free model mainly mm. or majority. Uh, Majorly. I mean, you, you have some office space, I imagine, or computers, so you have some assets, yes, maybe yes, a van yes. or whatever. Yes, we're trying to focus on the asset-free model currently, and uh, we're moving more towards that uh, uh, side of the business, Kilian Akbar, what's that? No, you don't want to own a facility eventually? No. No? It, as it stands today, it's not the business model we're going after. Okay. We're here to leverage economies of scale at the end of the day. Sure. Um, I want to say that I'm going to be able to take Dubi to Saudi in two months. Mm-hmm. You can do that by owning and operating your own facility. Yeah, okay. It's not that easy. Yeah, sure. You I mean, need you to y- set it up. Yeah, you have higher. you have a lot of sunk cost as well if you want to go to of that course, path, of right? Course, of course. This way, the you capi- it's capital intensive. At exactly. The end of the day. It's capital exactly. intensive. In terms, so it's it's not as quick and easy from a capital perspective, but it's also operationally, right, to set mm-hmm. it up. The for us is. Laundry is a massive industry. It's a traditional industry. It's always been there, and laundry is not going anywhere. You're always going to work here. Right? Mm. It's like the F&B industry. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The we know that there is an abundance of laundry facilities, no matter the size, wherever you go. Okay. And if there isn't, we're going to, um, let, let me just say, encourage someone to open the business because we can give them the business, right? Okay, I understand where you're coming from. Okay. The Wherever you go, there's going to be a laundry facility, and a lot of them are u- underutilized at certain periods, and that is where we're able to enter the market. How hard was that sale to make to that laundry service? To that, f- to that uh, uh, industry? I can't imagine you just walking in there and being like, 
Sure. Where do I start? <laughs> Good question. Um, before we launched, mm-hmm. it's okay. Because I had to close the deal before we launched. Of course. It was a nightmare. Because, again, you're going into a tradition. I keep saying it. Traditional mm-hmm. industry, manatula thinking is really traditional. Mm-hmm. This is how we do business. What are you talking about? We had to go there, convince them. But once we got our brand out there, once the buzz was on the market, right? Once people knew who we were, knew the app, seen our cars everywhere, brand equity is there, tables turned. They okay. started approaching us for that model, right? So now they come to us and say, oh, let's work. Let's work together. We've got this opportunity. We've got space for you, that's what we call it. Okay. But today is easy, day one, difficult. Okay. I can imagine it, it trying to. I can't imagine how many meetings you had to set and explaining the idea, and them saying, "Well, how many hours do you want to use?" Uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> exactly, and and not only that, not only saying you don't know how many hours you want to use. The difference is we don't just dump clothes on them on their telephone, because mm. like at the end of the day, we own the process. Mm. We promise our customers quality, so we literally go to our laundry partners, and alhamdulillah, they've done a really good job, and and understanding us and working with us on our train of thought we have our own laundry process Mm. different than the way they do business we have our own quality checks right as do we okay so we just don't go there blindly give them the clothes and leave okay so it is our laundry process it is our quality checks right okay and they have to kind of dedicate employees train them as per duty's process okay so that takes time best the first one is a d- it was difficult, but now it's it's also difficult to convince your your sub- your partner to 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 play Do along. Do it your way, exactly. Like, Who are you? Exactly. Like, what is Dubi? I never heard of you. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's different. That's that was exactly in my head. I can't imagine how difficult that it process was. It was an interesting was conversation. Yeah, uh, something we could have closed in one meeting today. It took us ten back in the day. Let's put it that way. Best, uh, we have a proven business model, and we've showed them what we're capable of. Right. Sure. Yani, and we're usually fully booked today, which is funny for a laundry. Right? I um, love it. <laughs> and um, so that's how we kind of manage um, the whole business model. Logistically, same thing. Um, we train them. We work with our guys. Even from the, not, it's not, I wouldn't call it a script, but they know how to approach customers, what to say, what not to say. S- so if you, if you don't mind me asking then, from your economics of scale perspective, yeah. As your as your brand and your business branches out and grows, right? Yeah. Your your next step would either have to be to make sure that your partners are investing into their own business to meet your expectation of demand. Correct. Right. Yes. Uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. 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 Other otherwise, you're you're gonna have to either own the facilities or you're you're in trouble and you're gonna have to cap your amount of users. Correct. Correct. And that's the beauty about economies of scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these larger facilities, if you talk about facility size and equipment, it's there. Mm. They just need to hire more people in order to accommodate the demand, right? Up to a point, because then you need another machine. Up to a point. Right, or Up more hours point. in a day. Up to a point. But to be honest, for very large-scale facilities, and for, for Dubi, for Bahrain, you only need two partners. Okay. To be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. And then they need to keep up with the demand as well. And then you have, that's why you have more than one. Mm. You can always have a second, you can always have a third. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're giving them good business. Your customers are happy. Your partners should be happy. And you should be happy at the end of the day, right? In terms of how the business model works. Um, so that's how we've done it there. Uh, going back to the customer, 
So I talked about the whole back concept. Uh, let me explore a little bit more if yeah, that's sure, okay. Sure, sure. Uh, what about uh, the, the cost of raw material in the sense of the soap, the bleach, blah, blah, blah. Does that from the supply side as your, as your partners handle that issue? Or do you feel like at some point you want to be involved with that issue and then find, so, so you get a cost cut? Okay, so we're involved. Sure. Uh, but then again, our partner handles it, right? Okay. It's it's one of the reasons why we're not we didn't start our own facility. Sure, sure, sure. In the beginning, right? But because I, I'm, but the reason I'm s uh, asking this is because you know, uh, Apple doesn't off or doesn't own Alfcom, but they make sure that they give them the aluminium, Correct. right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, Alfcom is going to overcharge them, right? They have to make their they they have to make their they dividends. Kind of, yeah, exactly. So right. So I'll give you another example. For example, today the packaging. Sure. It comes from Dubai. Okay. We source the packaging. Yeah. Right? So How long did that take you, by the way? Packaging? Yeah. Be honest. <laughs> surprisingly, not too long. Really? Yeah. What do you mean, surprisingly, not too long? What is I it? expected a nightmare yeah. when it came to packaging. Uh, but to be honest, alhamdulillah, we have good suppliers. Internal suppliers or external suppliers? Internal. Internal. Wow. Because you're definitely paying premium if you're taking internal. Depending, so depending, um, depending on the type of plastic that we're looking for, mm -hmm. we actually pay tax on it if it's coming from outside. Yes. You need to source it internally. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, again, relationships and, and negotiating and giving them the volumes, giving them the business. Well, alhamdulillah, it's, it's internal and uh, they've done a very good job. How big was the first order for the plastic? Do you still remember? <sighs> In terms of kgs? Yeah. I'd say a ton. A ton? Mm. My God, you really had belief. I would be terrified ordering we're a ton. We're done with it. We reordered. I know, I know, I know. We're second batch. But, but <laughs> I'm saying, like, when you just started off and then you're negotiating on plastic bags, to <laughs> I, would, I would be so hesitant in my stomach to go 1,000 kilos. <laughs> but then again, it's different types of plastic that we work with. Sure, 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 right? sure. You've sure, got sure. this that you see in front of sure. you. You've got the finished items. You've got... Uh, the pouch that we have as well, so it's, it's I'm giving you the total number. Sure. Right? And are, are you, uh, do you have any plans to go through ma recycled material eventually? They're all biodegradable. They're all biodegradable already. Yes, uh, but then again, going back to our brand, we always, uh, we always had the idea, okay, how do you make an impact? So if you can stop there, do you see the bag Cotton. with the bottle? Yeah. Click on it. So, what do we do today? We talked about leveraging economies of scale at a macro level, right? Mm -hmm. With our partners. How, how do we do that at a micro level? So what we do is we tell our customers, like since we're coming over and we're picking up your clothes, our drivers are meeting you, you can also recycle plastic through us. That's an example there. Mm -hmm. All your plastic bottles at home, put it in a bag. Uh, and you can also donate clothes through us. Okay. So what we do is every week uh, when we work with the local partners in Bahrain, we recycle all of the plastic that comes from customers, all of our plastic, and all the proceeds are actually donated. Oh, wow, okay. And I thought you kept it on the balance sheet. It's all, extra cash. It's all about making Mashallah. an impact in Bahrain. Um, and same with clothes. So all of the clothes that are donated by customers hmm. goes to our partners, they sort them, Harvey, and then they donate them locally to orphans in Bahrain. Mashallah, great. You so really put a lot of thought into this. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. I think the whole team did a very great, very, very good job. Honestly, honestly. You're of all the details. You've gone far beyond. Um, yeah, you see it there, donate me and reply to me. That's yeah. one of our partners. And how long did that whole process take? 
between the idea of going, you know what, we want to do a greater impact to actually being able to get it done. This is easy because, like I said, the driver is already coming to your apartment anyway. We just sure. need to get the message out there. Sure. So you as a customer, we'll just pick it up. Okay. And partner's already there. It's just one phone call. You sign an agreement with them to make it official. It's easy. Okay. You, you give them the, the items and it's their job to take care of it. So about a week, I assume. Because I, <laughs> I, I will not believe that you just called up a bit like, oh yeah, oh sure. <laughs> called who? What's your question? The recycling the company. The cycle company, again, they're doing it anyways. Sure, exactly. Right? So a couple sure. of days, I would say. Okay. A couple of days to get the agreement out of the way. Exactly. Best. Once the agreement is out of the way, operationally, you can start immediately. Yeah, of course. So operationally, I meant immediately. Yeah, of course. Straightforward. Um, Have you thought about doing like some sort of token system? What do you mean? So if they donate a certain amount of, of kilos of plastic or whatever else. Yeah. That it would give them some sort of b achievement, award, something. You know, maybe like it's a, a good idea. token base, something to encourage the behavior. I would do that if the proceeds of recycling was going into our balance sheet. Sure. I mean, achievements doesn't cost you any money. But that's just an icon. Yes. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's uh, a little, that's, that's just a little work. That's a good idea, though. You know? That's, that's a very good idea. Or, or maybe like an award or something like that for the person who donated the most plastic in one year or so. I don't know. Something like or that. Or it's a campaign that's uh, that surrounds that. We keep them in the loop of how much, how many kilos are going on. That's, yeah, there we, we go. So they know what's going on. There we, we go. We put a target for our community, right? I like that. I like that. Good I think idea. Yeah, I came think from you. I yeah. think it, it targeted. I think it targeted. That didn't come from me. You already had the idea in your head. I just put no, words no, no, to it. It's nice. It's nice. I okay. think, yeah. Okay, so 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 you you no plans yet for, for buying bleach and soaps and all the other material necessary? We don't have to. Not, not yet. I assume it eventually you will, will at one point you or another. Know. You never know. But uh, the way the current business model works. Uh, and your biggest cost is works. obviously your partners, right? Uh, of course, because you outsource it. Right. So yeah, that's yeah, your biggest yeah. cost, yeah. of course. How many staff do you have on board at the moment? Doobie, we have eight. At eight? Yeah. Okay. Any, you're growing or you're keeping it eight? Alhamdulillah, we're growing. We're growing. Um, of course, as a startup, all of us were. All the hats. hats. Yeah, yeah. So once we feel the khalas, we really need someone to actually take care of this job, that is when we move on to the next thing. But we like to all be all over the place. It's a good thing. I, some would say there's no one type of job that defines, and I want to be really good at it. Best, I want everyone on the team to feel ownership, right? And to know everything that's going on. And wearing multiple hats mm. gives you that. Mm, mm. Everyone knows that whatever is going on on this side of the business, that side, Everybody's aware, mm. which is the beauty of it. But it's not something that's scalable, that's but I'm enjoying it today. Let, mm. let me put it that way. And uh, hiring is on a need basis. Um, we need. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll, put it on the, we'll put it on the bottom. You can apply or, or on, on, on whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, we'll put yes. it in the description. So we, we definitely need to grow up here. And um, what are you looking for? Technicians, engineers, programmers, mar everything. media, marketing? Everyone. Okay. Um, I'd love to get CVs from all type of professions, looking at all type of uh, job opportunities. Sure. We have a f couple job postings that are open up on LinkedIn. Okay. Best. I always tell people just apply anyways. Sure. I just it's good for us to have your CV. Sure. To have sure. you on the list. Talk to you at least. Something opens up, you're there. And it also gives you the phone number, that email that you can use as marketing material too. Good idea. <laughs> 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 
لا لا our guys need to consent. Okay. <laughs> Everyone needs to consent. Um, so yeah, the, the more the better. Are you not doing any kind of data mining, anything like that, and just mass mailing emails? It's a very shotgun no, no, approach to business. So initially, um, with the help of my wife, of course, we were just handling marketing. We didn't have anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently... So we have a new member on the team. She's a growth marketer. And what her job is, is to really look at marketing from a data perspective okay. in terms of growth. And that is literally what she's doing today. So, mashallah, every day she comes up with a new idea. What if we target this customer with this type of message and do the opposite there for this persona? So A-B testing and segmentations. She she loves that. Okay. And uh, she's doing a good job. Okay. She's doing a good job with that. So. Data is key. Data is very important. I don't believe in mass uh, mm. just for the sake of mass. Data works much better. Uh, but Especially s- when it's utilized correctly. Absolutely. That's, again, a lot of A-B testing until you really get it right. So you need to have that patience. Mm. You need to go through a couple of months of testing, not expecting premium results or the optimum results, sorry. Uh, you need to have that patience, and it's gonna you're going to find it. Sure, I totally agree with you. I, I like I said. I mean, you can you can buy very cheaply data mined emails for through LinkedIn and stuff like that. I mean, you can buy like a thousand for like ten BD or something like that. And you're smiling already because you thought about this too. <laughs> and just and just do like an introductory email maybe with some photos or a video. My degree is in marketing. Uh, exactly, I exactly, <laughs> exactly. I saw yeah. you smiling already, and I was like, mm, you thought about that already. There, there are a lot of tactics. Um, Have you messaged any influencers? course I mean community influencers are important yeah um, that brings up another thing so when we started the business um, of course we had a target segment in mind right we said okay the expats the locals the busy professionals this type of age group initially are gonna be focused on people who live in apartments uh, people who don't have the time etc etc which is still true till today that's the beauty about Duvi is or the way we've of we kind of work is a huge chunk of our user base are people who have never done laundry outside of the home oh really who never felt comfortable in doing laundry oh wow mashallah this amazes me absolutely because this means that you've gained the trust people feel confident in giving because again you're 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 in a market that's very personal right it's Hmm. close people feel confident in giving you their trust and they trust in your ability to provide them with the highest level of quality mm. that's one huge segment that i was proud of you know a lot of people that weren't comfortable so you're what you're doing here is now you're changing a behavior which is amazing once you're able to do that change people's behavior you're on to something and we're not there yet we have a very long road this means we're on to something right and another segment uh, are moms in Bahrain because hmm. again usually moms have their own system of doing laundry but hmm. they represent a huge user base a huge uh, size of our user base today which is, was really surprising for me I can imagine that yeah if you ask me on day one I said they'd probably not come to us single single guys probably or something like or that newlyweds, or newlyweds or expats or people who are in Bahrain who for a short period of time Saudin or whatever whatever so I would have assumed these would be your early adopters, right? And mm-hmm. the moms maybe, because again, you're a tech app, no call center, no face-to-face interactions, right? But, 
these are nice surprising facts. I got a call the other day um, out of the blue, an old friend of mine. Dali, uh, you saved us. I said, okay, I'm in your laundry. Okay. How did we save you? I like how your head went straight to the laundry mat and not went, what is he talking about? <laughs> so how did we save you? We're talking about Okay, we're talking right? about that. Okay. okay so I said, okay, how did we save you? He's like, um, I was supposed to bring a uh, house cleaner, Nur, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen, it didn't work out. Mm. And you know, I'm, I'm with my wife, we've got a kid. He said, so I had to start for something, and I started using Doobie because I know you. Because I'm using it till today, and I have not applied for a maid since. Hey, mashallah, mashallah. That was surprising. Mashallah. That was, that was a really nice day. He says, you saved mm. me. And he, when he says, you saved me, what he meant was, you saved me the, the headache and the headache. Because I can just use you guys now. I have less of the need to actually employ someone. I, I think, it's, I think that's, that's fantastic. I mean, wh what, what's your acquisition at the moment, per month or per week? Well, uh, truth. Currently, we're steady. We average around 500 a month. 500 new customers a month? Yes. Jesus. Okay. Which is good. No, that's very good. It's, it's I'm, I'm, for Bahrain, I'm saying Jesus is a really good word. Not negatively. It's, it's a good Absolutely. Number. It's a good number. Um, the total population is like 1.6 million. At 500 per, per month, <laughs> you're, you're really acqu acquiring. And how many of that turns into customers? Into transacting users? Yeah. Uh, the information is not public yet, but it's a good number. A good number. Um, we have a lot of new users. Uh, we have a lot of recurring users. Okay. The way I like to put it quotes in one of the movies, and it stuck with me, says, if they transact twice, they're hooked for life. Sure. And that's what where we're trying to go. And to a certain degree, it's true for Doobie. We've got a lot of people who tried it. It's not for them. Fair enough. Sure. Everyone has their own circumstances, their own lifestyle. But when you come back for a second time, means you may have a need for it. You like the service. And more often than not, whoever transacts twice, they're hooked. They always come back. And what do you think is the is the stopping key factor with a with an account subscriber and a paid user? What do you think is, is, is the key aspect? What's the bottleneck? How do you think you can convert more people? So going back to our whole concept. Yeah. It's different. Nobody has done laundry ritual. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of education in the beginning. We get a lot of questions. So how big is the bag? <sighs> Even though it's in the application, it's on the website. Okay. How big is the bag? How much can it fit? How many kilos? What happens here? What happens there? Because it's really different. Mm. Today you're used to going to the laundry and actually giving them the item, right? Mm. Here we're telling you fill up the bag. So if you're a new user, you haven't seen our bags yet, mm. we've got a lot of questions. But once we get through that, and once the customer is kind of, because it's a new concept, mm. no matter how much we do marketing and explain, it's still going to remain a new concept. Once you get through that and they understand how it works and they go through the first order, because we incentivize them, give them discounts on the first order. Sure. Because they get it, they love it. Sure. Right? But it's getting through that uh, initial education, I'd like to call it, right? And educating them on how we work. Do you think ever you would be able to reach a space where the numbers make sense that for the first laundry service, you could offer it either to such a discount that's nearly free or at free. Do you think ever you'll be able to do that? You're a business at the end of the day. Mm. Um, you, 
you're not here to no no for acquiring the first customer for acquiring the first customer yeah that's what i'm asking because i if if you can make the numbers work if you scale large enough yes eventually for every new acquisition you, you can, can offer definitely get there you can Depends definitely get there it's scale absolutely it's scale and uh, i think that will that if you can get either the first or second or how i don't know how you'd manage it but if you can if you can get that locked in the first maybe at at free second maybe 50% i, I don't know then you have them by the third, and I think then yes. you're locked in. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, you can get to that level, definitely. And it also depends on the market that you're in. Mm. Um, with Bahrain, currently, I don't see the need for it. But for example, if you get into Saudi, you've got to do it. Because so. how, much how much resources do you require to educate the customer there? Right? It's, it's mashallah, it's, it's a massive market. 26 billion something so like what that. you've just mentioned would work perfectly for such a massive market you want to get the word out there and that's the best way to do it uh, do you feel like saudi Riyadh, damam would be your better bet or you think dubai would be your better bet saudi you think so initially because usually people leave saudi for less okay. usually startups they try to conquer uh, the middle east and then go for the mammoth for the for, for for the bigger one, leave it to the end. Sure. It's like you're playing a video game. You get to the boss at the end, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, we want to start with Saudi. Okay. Because that is the market that we are catering for. Sure. That's the market where it makes sense for us. Uh, and then from there, we can go. My 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 not concerned, but my thinking only why Dubai seems to make more sense in the beginning, only because of the large amount of expats and Correct. Westerners. Right. And, and th that you, there's less education involved, there's less training involved. It's it's you're closer to Dubai than you are to uh, to Riyadh if you started Riyadh and not Dammam or Khobar or whatever. Yeah. So so from just from the logistics perspective and and transaction that would make more sense. But Riyadh is rising at the moment and it is massively opening up and it might make more sense to to invest the resources there. Especially in focusing on large scale underutilized facilities. Sure, sure. You don't think that Dubai has a lot of like hotels who has a lot of like laundry services that are underutilized? Dubai, Dubai, mashallah, they're doing very well. Sure. And we can enter Dubai. We can go really fast in Dubai. But at the end of the day, so similar services do exist in Dubai and we will eventually be there. Ah, you don't want to be too competitive already. It's not about too competitive. Again, okay. you want to change the behavior. Mm. That's the best part about what we do. Mm. And Saudi, you can literally change the behavior mm. based on how how it worked so far in Bahrain? Alhamdulillah, Bahrain, man, Bahrain is like an incubator, right? Mm. You've got all segments, all types of people. And Alhamdulillah, the feedback that we're getting is, we'll always make mistakes. There are a few hiccups here and there. But in general, the feedback that we have is insane. It's amazing. No, I totally agree. I and mean, the, and the, I'm sorry to stop Don't you go there. for it. And the reason why customers come back is, this is my opinion is not because of our logistics it plays a part mm. it's not because of the pricing it plays a part not the app not even the quality they all play a part but the reason why customers really love to come back is because of our cx team we've okay. invested so much in training our team building it from the ground up the way we approach customers is is close to unheard of when it comes to the laundry market and that's what I was looking for initially in day one, right? Because I'm a millennial. I know Ella. Mm. I know all of these amazing applications with really good customer experience. But mm. when I went to laundry, it was like a commodity, right? Mm. These are the price. Take it or leave it. 
That's what I wanted to change. And with the way we approach customers today is different. Okay. I would say it's different. And, and what's the average transaction per customer? Can you mention about what the normal amount Not is? Not public yet. Okay. Not public yet. I mean, if I order one, I would know immediately. <laughs> I'm not going to dig into it. Inshallah, we've started the process on, on raising a funding round. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would like to keep this in. Oh, sure, 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 sure. sure. I mean, again, we can cut out and we can keep in whatever you whatever We can you talk like. offline. Yeah, 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 I mean, again, it doesn't matter. I'm just interested from, from the sake of interest, just because I find your business interesting. And and how do you think the subscription model will work? Do you think it's it's it would be your it'll be cheaper for the customer than to order typically? Because at that way you have a lock-in. Or do you think you have to somehow manage that expectation more? With any subscription, you need to provide your customers, I think, with two separate values. Sure. Number one is definitely pricing. Yeah. You need to give them a lower rate, telling them that you know, we're an exclusive user. Yeah. And you get a special price. Yeah. But you also need to give them something extra other than just that. It can be convenient, it can be perks, sure. it can be anything else. So for us, we do two things. It is the whole pricing factor. Of course, it's more affordable for you if you subscribe for a whole month. But you also get additional perks. You get discounts on regular orders if you need it. Maybe one-day delivery for subscribers. And two-day delivery for normal. Just to good idea. Just to throw it out there. Someone in our team mentioned the exact same thing. <laughs> I'd love to get to a stage where it's one day for everyone. Sure, sure, sure. I'd sure. love to get there. Sure. Uh, that's very good idea. I mean, Amazon Relax. Amazon Prime started with one day only for Amazon Prime users, and now it's one day for all users, right? Very true. And ideally, you want to be in the gym business where you have people subscribe to a service that aren't using the service. That's that's the dream, you know. <laughs> you uh, look completely worried. You reminded me of the. Gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's that's the dream. If if you get to that level where people just feel comfortable because they have they have they've subscribed to Doobie, you're on a different level. Absolutely, absolutely. It's possible. Absolutely. It's possible. Absolutely. I I mean I I just I'm I'm wondering from what marketing tactics would would really work with with this kind of an enterprise. Does it make sense? To have representatives go to like like family homes and talk about it, you know, like back in the day, knocking on door services. That's what my my German grandfather used to do. He used to take vacuum cleaners after the war, and uh, would knock on doors and sell vacuum cleaners door to door. So you're not Dyson's grandson, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> we did something similar. Uh, mm-hmm. We called it a roadshow. Um, so we thought about okay, we need some physical presence, right? Because at the end of the day, yes, we're an app, but we have physical interaction. So we need to be physically present somewhere. People need to see us, but we know that we're never going to open a shop. So I go, okay, who is our target market? What makes sense? I go, okay, let's try something. We ran two things in parallel. Sure. We had a stand, a really nice uh, built stand with marketing and everything with the bags fully heavy, and we had our team there. One in an apartment building and another one outside Mm Al-Usra. Mornings. Mm-hmm. So that's when families go into us and come out mm-hmm. and they would see us and um, they would ask, okay, what are you guys? You know, we saw your branding, but, but what are you? Once you explain to them again, you go back to the whole concept and you tell them, forget about laundry. See the spark in their eyes, right? Everybody wants to get rid of laundry. Sure, absolutely. Nobody has that positive connection or positive connection to laundry, yeah. right? 
No one's like, oh, thank God. Th- thank God for London. <laughs> so when you tell them, uh, you get rid of London, this is how you're going to do it. These are the prices. This is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they loved it. It worked really well uh, in Elisra, just being there physically present. What's your marketing budget, roughly? Can you say? I'm not sure. No? no, I know it. I mean, I know our CAC on a daily basis. Sure, um, because I'm, um, but because uh, I was just wondering, why don't you do? Why don't you talk to some of the local universities yeah. here in Bahrain, see if they will let you? I'm sure they would, if with a little cash, no one should say no. Uh, uh, take a ca- take a car parking space, uh-huh. offer free coffee or something like that as a sale pitch, and everyone who signed up, either through the email or phone number through Doobie, because you have all that incredible university space, right, who are all have parents, who you can so easily reach, and it costs you from setup cost only a little coffee, which, is, which nothing. is nothing. Which is nothing. Right, and there's so many, like, one of these, like, delivery van drivers, you know, where they do the coffee thing. How much does it cost to rent one of those out? And it can't be a lot, right? And then you just put your logo on top of it, and then you can even say the coffee's for free and say, hey, you know what? We wanted to give back something to the students. We just started up this coffee thing. Adi. Adi. Doable. Very and, doable. And really affordable. Doesn't matter your marketing budget. Anyone can do it. I think, I think even... it's a brilliant idea. I think it's like 200 BD. Yeah. And you do it for one, two days, and that's it. Easy. Um, that's one tactic. Yeah. Another thing that we're thinking about is referrals. Hmm. Um, so referral friend, you get something, they get something. And just keeps on going, keeps on going. That's how Dropbox get bi- uh, got big. They got huge. They got huge, exactly because of they referrals. That's how that. That's how that empire was built. So it's always that you need to incentivize the person who's getting referred, but also the person who is ref- doing the referring mm. at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. and incentive. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, what happens is they become your brand advocates, mm. which I think is a beautiful concept. No, it's great. Um, as long as they get something out of it, right? That's one of the tactics. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, 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 you know, there's what's so beautiful about your business is because you're so connected with the consumer. There's so many things you could do, right? For like, like Ramadan or Eid or, or Fourth of July for your American customers, you can give them like a Fourth of July shirt. Shirts are, are like dime a dozen. They're yeah. they're nothing. Not any business can do these simple things. Yeah. But yeah. It does, it's true. not just us. Yeah, true. One small thing that we did literally applies to any business. Place an order, one BD goes to Tawasa'an in Ramadan. Yeah, worked, yeah. Worked perfectly. People loved it. And yeah. it was really simple. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of companies donate, right? They donate uh, themselves as a company. Say, okay, Bidal, okay, we're going to donate. But why don't we have the people push us to donate? Or what? what place an order, we'll donate. Every time you place an order, we donate. Or even for, for Bahrain uh, uh, National Day. Yeah. Uh, you could you can put like the small flags that they put in the car. I mean, how much do they cost? They must Nothing. just just plastic, right? And little paper. I'll tell you one thing that we did that flew. Yeah. Simple. As part of so when, when you're on the app and you're ordering, it takes you to a special request page. Sure. And we partnered with Junaid in Bahrain, mm-hmm. so we created special scents for your clothes that you can pick. That's smart. So yeah. You can have it. Rihat al bukhur, oud, musk, floral. So we're trying new things out all the time. That's smart. And this worked like magic. Whenever we change it or the smell isn't as strong as it should be, people call us up, we want more of that scent. And this got people coming back more and more because, again, now you are interfering with their senses. They don't just see doobie now, they smell doobie. Can I offer a suggestion, though? Yeah. 
why don't you why don't you get the MacBook smell? MacBook smell. You know that smell when you open a new m Apple product? There's a specific perfume they use. Is there? I didn't there know. There is. That. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, Apple's been doing Apple's ahead of us by <laughs> light years. They they've 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 perfected the, the the there's a whole team. I think there's like 40 or 60 people in Apple who just work on the on the box itself, the opening because it should Not that feeling. Just that tension. That tension as you open it. Even now with the paper, uh, they stopped using plastic, right? Yeah, they stopped using plastic. The way they've constructed this whole paper packaging, satisfying. Exactly. Right? Exactly. They, they have a team of like over 40 people who are just, just to get that right amount of pressure so it doesn't pop out and it, it's meant to build like anticipation without being annoying. Yes. And the same thing is with the perfume. Yeah. That's why they have that max smell. Amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Amazing. try it out. See, see if it works on clothes. See what people think. But again, you see now, um, these two scents that Junaid, you know, they manufactured or they built for us, it's, it's specific to us. Hmm. So people know these scents. They associate this with Doobie. So if anyone goes out and their clothes smell of that, they know it's Doobie. If you're another Doobie customer. You know, you, you, you remind me of a guy, I forgot his name, uh, Bloomberg Masters of Business. And he, he talks about this exact, this exact concept that you're, you're talking about. And that, and that was that businesses... It's not that businesses don't have good ideas. It's that often they're spread too thin. There's too many branches on a tree, yeah. right? And it, it's, it's so hard to, to just focus your energy and dedication on one particular thing. You can. It's, it's, it, you, you re um, I forgot what, who the writer was. Can you look it up, Dan? Um, to Kill Your Darlings? You never heard of it? Yeah. To kill your darlings. It's a meaning in literature. Uh, can you look up book or quote? Quote, yeah. Kill your darlings, uh, kill your darlings, even when it breaks your struggling hard. Kill your darlings. It basically insinuates and means that, that your ideas that you really love often just speaks to you and doesn't speak to everyone else. Very true. Right, and, Very true. and 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 so that's that's the phrase that they use for for writers when they're submitting books, and ideas and plots. It <laughs> makes sense to them, but not necessarily to anyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the hard truth, man. Yeah, that's the tough one. So it's the same thing also with a business. A lot of aspects you would love to do, whether it be achievements or anything else. I mean, you you're you're already doing plastic pickup, yeah. which doesn't take a lot of extra service, right? But straightforward. It's very straightforward. Yeah. But that's something else you have to have keep keep track on. You're already doing perfume and doha and 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 that offering that as a service. Then you're still offering your business services, right? Pickup and delivery and managing all that. So you're, you're you're and then you have all your Instagram services and then you have your financial records. Look, it's it's not easy. Mm -hmm. but again, if if you look at my job personally, mm -hmm. my role is to really focus on building a team that can execute on this. Okay. It's, there's a lot on my plate, but it's not really on my plate. Sure. Make sure. sense? Sure. Um, okay, this is the way I, I approach the team always. I tell them, of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm with them in building a strategy. We always have to build it and everything. But what I say is my job isn't, for example, if it comes to marketing, my job isn't getting the numbers. That is not my job. That is your job. My job is ensuring you get the numbers. Sure. And that's my approach with 
every single aspect of the business, every single department. I don't get into it, but I just want to make sure that people, my team can get it done, right? And that's straightforward. It's not simple, but it's really achievable. But if you focus on that, your company works better, it runs on itself. Habibi, I have a lot of people who sit where you're sitting and, and some of the interesting things I hear all the time is, I don't know if it's ego or mistrust or I don't know what, what it is, but a lot of them aren't able to delegate. And they'll never be able to grow because a company is only as good as its people, right? And if you can't get out of your own head and you can't give up and say, listen, I can trust X, Flan or Ahmed or whoever, whoever, whoever to, 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 to take that you part. You, you, you forget about it. Forget about it. It also goes back to the culture, right? I have a quote um, that I think I came up with. Let's I probably hear it. read it somewhere when I was younger, but let's see. I always tell the team, and, and one of the team members put it up, uh, which is really nice. I always tell them, think big, make mistakes. Okay. What does that tell you? So we have a culture where you can try new things. You're allowed to make mistakes. We actually encourage you to make mistakes. Don't make the same mistake twice, but best always make mistakes, which means we have trust. And when I tell a person to make a mistake, it means I care more about them trying new things, learning, achieving something than actually achieving their number. This is the message I'm giving them when mm. I tell them make a mistake. So they feel empowered, right? Mm. They're not too worried about the result, but they just want to make sure they come up with something new and they learn something new. So if you have that culture, in addition to ensuring that you are delegating, I'm not perfect, far from it. I make mistakes every day when it comes to delegation. I have best. If you have that culture, really it runs on itself. You can take a step back and the problems will fi fix itself to a certain degree, which is nice to see, right? I'm in WhatsApp, I'm in all of the WhatsApp groups of the company, but I don't necessarily say anything. I don't have to. Yeah, it runs on itself. You don't necessarily have to put your hand in the in exactly. the and mix. I've been lucky with the co-founders that I have, mm -hmm. uh, and I've been also very lucky with the team that we have. Right? That must have been very difficult. It's hard finding good staff in Bahrain. Hard finding good staff anywhere in the world. Anywhere, anywhere. It's not specific to Bahrain, uh, but then again, it's even harder to find good co-founders. Yeah, I can That's imagine. That's even more difficult. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, I've been lucky. Um, I've got a guy. The first co-founder who he will run and he'll fix. You can throw anything at him. Mm. And I told him, mm -hmm. Any problem, he's, he's able to manage. He's that kind of guy, right? He can just run and run and run and nothing will stop him. That's, he has that can-do attitude, which is amazing. Fantastic. I've got uh, the other co-founder who has this really strategic mindset. He really thinks of things that I don't. Mm -hmm. Kind of complete each other. That kind of sense, right? I know my weaknesses. And I told them, listen, I know you've heard about the company we started. This is what we're working on. But these are my weaknesses and I need you hmm. to fill in that gap. Hmm. And that's why it works really well. And I also have, as I mentioned, my wife that's helping out with everything, right? But I've been lucky. And um, the team that we have are amazing. But it's not easy, right? Um, I've never been so stressed out these past, let's say, one year. I've been in my life. Hey, you've managed to hold it well, though. You've, you've, you've managed to stay healthy. Good for you. Um, no, not really. I stopped going to the gym, but I need to go back. Yeah. Um, but again, I've never been so stressed out, honestly. 
um, verse, alhamdulillah, what I can say is, if pride is in, I love it. I'm stressed, but I love it. If that makes sense. You work, you work 100 hours a week, so you don't have to work 40. That's the idea. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's, it's, it's a really weird feeling to be stressed out and to be enjoying it at the same time. Steve Jobs used to say, uh, um, owning, running a business is like eating glass and enjoying it. Yes, yes, I heard that quote. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to have that in you, right, from day one. And um, yeah, it's been crazy. Looking back on it now, yeah. anything you would have done sooner? Anything you would have done differently? Anything you would have pushed harder? I would have started this a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but you weren't mature way. enough at that point, I think. You have to be a level of mature. I don't think age matters, man. I mean, look at all of these successful entrepreneurs. Some of them are... 21, sure. Some of them are 22. Alhamdulillah, yani my experience has put me in the position that I am today. Sure. It, it got me to where I am today. Alhamdulillah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. But y- you know, I don't mean mature in the sense of age. I think you can be you can be 35 and still act like a kid. You and can. Y- yeah. You can be 15. I think all of us have that in us, though. Yeah, especially men. Yeah, especially I'll men. And I don't mind saying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely true. Women mature much, much faster than guys. I can have a whole day of being, you know, CEO in office mm. and working on meetings, meeting with partners, but then I can go home with my shorts playing PS4, PS4. You know, my legs chilly, you know, Audi. So you can you can have both of that in you. So. No, there's definitely truth to that. No, no. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Are you happy? Alhamdulillah. Seriously? Alhamdulillah. Good. Um, happy, content. Um, worried, stressed. It's good. Alive. But they all come together, right? Um, so yeah. So why why started in Bahrain? Why not in DC? Why not in New York? So you're talking about my college days, huh? Yeah, because you could have you could have very easily started this business anywhere in the world. But then again, you see, the way I started college is not the way anyone. Sure. It's not normal. Let's hear. <laughs> okay, let's. Let's see, see if my my story beats your story. Okay, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. Like that. Um, the, I'll take you back to the high school days, right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to say that I wasn't your typical A student. Okay. I've been to a lot of schools in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. I've been homeschooled as well. The I caused my mom a lot of headache, let's just put it that way. And uh, it got to a level where no hope for this kid. I was straight A when I was up till 12 years old, but then puberty hit and then everything changed, you know? What do I need school for? Man, I once walked into an exam and tore the paper and slept. I do not have an explanation for that. But anyways. I put a bin on fire once and threw it out of a window. Nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not on purpose. I had a cigarette in the classroom because I didn't and care. you tried to get it out. And I threw it in the bin and it turned on fire. And then I just <laughs> threw the whole bin. Away. What else are you going to do? Exactly, right? You had to react. Good, good thinking. Um, so, طبعًا I hit 18. Mm-hmm. All my friends are off to college, and um, I was raised by a single parent. I didn't make it easy on her, right? If I told her I want to go, I'll London, I'll My friends are there, yeah. LA, a friend of mine went to Miami. I remember I told my mom Miami, and her eyes just opened up. You know? She says, "Okay, look, look, I'll make a deal with you." Okay. And I said, "Okay." You can go to, to America. You can go to college. Done. You have my word. But you need to do one year in the military. Mm-hmm. And then you can start. I was like, oh. 
I agree. Until you get to choose which military? No. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, I had a relative that went to a specific military and yeah. uh, he didn't have, I mean, it was difficult and he came out a changed person, so that was recommended. But I agreed. Mm. Got on the plane, landed, went straight to the military. My first day there, first question I asked myself, what the hell am I doing here? Literally your first, um, your first 30 minutes, change your clothes, you get shouted at for no reason, they shave your head off, shave your beard, shave your mustache, stand in line, and they insult you. But they do that on purpose, they just want to see your breaking point, right? Mm. And, and we went into something called uh, the plebe system, the Arab in Tamil Hakra, this is for six weeks. And what I can say now is, A, I was supposed to spend a year in the military. I graduated. I spent a year. Okay. I went through the whole thing. B. By I choice or by force? I loved every minute of it. Okay. Initially, it was by force. Huh? Okay. The, my first three weeks, uh, I tried to run away as much as I could. Tried to escape. Run through the gates. Do anything else. I even sent my mother an email. Yeah. Please help me. I want to leave. Yeah. I had to, because you don't have access to a phone or a laptop or anything. So I had to sneak into the library. Yeah. Find a working computer without anyone seeing me. Because if they see me, I'm done. Yeah. Get, get on back the in the hole. Exactly. Get on the Told computer. Told you, I, <laughs> I know your I'd experience. Love to hear that. Get on the computer and please help. I want to come home. Mm. Never replied. She never replied. But then I found out a couple of years later, I told my sister, you know about the story? And she said she never replied. She was crying that day. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> anyways, I tried to run away the first three weeks. I started settling down. And biggest thing about the military is discipline and learning to follow which was very difficult for me right um, instead of one year I spent two years I graduated prop top three in the class academically mashallah I'm telling you I was far from a straight A student in Bahrain so when I graduated I was top three academically from a military perspective uh, I was an exo so first lieutenant and one of the higher ranking officers there I, I still remember my mother's face when I graduated uh, from the military. Whenever they would stand up for, say, an award, people stand up, I would stand. I stood up for most of the awards, and her, she was surprised. Mm. Like, really? Is this true? Um, so that this, so these two years changed my life. I, if you ask me where I would have been today, I do not have an answer. So, so now with your with your with your wife now married, alhamdulillah, inshallah you have kids. Would you want to send your kids now to military as well? Definitely. Yeah. Oh man, definitely. So you're sold. Easy. You're easy sold. Easiest sold. choice I have to make. Okay. Best two years of my life. It and wasn't easy. Okay. It was tough. Uh, tough on many levels, psychologically, physically. Um, but you were you were in you were in a different bubble, right? Sure was a completely different bubble where the outside reality did not make sense. You were in the military for two years. L looking back on it, do you regret not being deployed at some point? While I was there, I was really motivated in Bahrain. That's what I wanted to do. I loved it so much. Or mercenary work, black, rock, black, black rocks and stuff <laughs> like that. You can <laughs> apply. Anything's possible, man. Yeah. Anything's possible. Um, best, I, I decided to, because there you do two years, you still get a degree. Blackwater. Yeah. Sorry, that's the company. Yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, BlackRock is the uh, uh, is the financial uh, institute. Capital. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
you do two years there, the credits still count, right? So that's how I ended up from the military to DC for two years. So while I while everyone was enjoying going out, traveling, hobby, I was in military there for two years. And you have to literally apply to go on leave on the weekends, right? And when you go out, there's a curfew. You have to be back by ah 10 p.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, over to you. I want to hear your story. No, no, no. I, for, for, for me, um, I went, I think, from the age of 10, just boarding school to boarding school to boarding school. Uh, they tried to put me in a military school. I just got kicked out because I, 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 know, I know what I have to do to get out if I want to get out. So um, I didn't. Exactly. <laughs> e eventually, all my friends just get, got graduated, and I didn't. And so I had to find a school who was willing to do my A-levels because uh, I didn't even do my GCSEs. I didn't give a shit. And I didn't give a shit about anything. Um, I just always knew internally that I'd, I'd run a business. You know, I, I, can, I, can, I can do things. Yeah. And I worked as, I did all really odd jobs since I was like 14, 13. I, I worked at like as computer repair. So I'd skip school and try to find like some, some things just to get me cash to then go and buy cigarettes or booze or whatever yeah, I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So A lot of entrepreneurs start early. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so I, I worked for like, then I, then, then I did some welding stuff and stuff like welding. that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like any kind of jobs I could find. I worked as like a security guard at the age of like 16 at, a, at like a bar in the middle of the night. You're a kid? <laughs> You're a tough kid? Well, Habibi, I, I broke every single one of my fingers as, as, uh, as I was growing up. And um, the worst thing we, was... We would have gotten along, I think. I think so. Are we getting along right <laughs> now, aren't we? And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember the worst thing about working security as in a bar, it was like a rocker's bar, and bikers and dudes like that. The guys weren't too bad. This was in, in Birmingham. The guys weren't too bad. You tell them, hey, listen, mate, you're fucking drunk. You can't come in here. You know, ooh, ooh, ooh. But, you know they yeah. hardly ever swing at you, yeah, yeah, and yeah. usually they're so drunk, you can just like move out the way and just e push easily, them. Yeah. Easily. Easily to handle. Easy, easy. Uh, women, however, were the worst. The worst. Interesting. Because if you won't let a girl in, it's just, especially if she's already drunk or she's on some substance or something else, she goes crazy. She goes crazy. I've been hit with heels. God knows how many times I can count. Because I would just like take it off and then Oof. try to hit you with it. And then, what, you know, you can't exactly fight back. So well, you yeah, have what to are just. What you going to do? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so you can just basically hold their hands and then either call the police or the, or the security to come and, and, and deal with it. And that's all you can do. With a guy, you can call them, you know, come here, we'll take you to the back room and we can throw you down some stairs and stuff like that. So it was a very different world. <laughs> with guys, it's, it's very, you can, you it's can handle it. It's, you can handle it very easily with guys. With girls, it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then, I, and then uh, the way I found into university, so I did my A-levels. Um, I barely passed them. And I was talking to my business teacher. And uh, again, I didn't give a shit. I thought to myself, you know what? I might go to university. What the fuck? Why not? And uh, my business teacher was like, yeah, you're going to have difficulties, blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, well, I'll just lie. I'll just lie. I mean, wh who's going to check over those papers? And if they ask for the papers, I'll just say, one missing in, in the mail. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And <laughs> that's exactly what I did. 
And uh, I think I just, I basically got like one A and the rest were C's. And then the phone calls to the university, so I was like, yeah, I got like an A and just B's and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in the UK. So normally you have to submit through, through the, the terminal to go through universities. However, because I was an international student, yeah. I didn't have to do it through that way. I could actually call up universities and say, do you have placement for an international student? Interesting. And I could just say, this is my grade, blah, 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 A, B, B, B. And uh, that's you how it happened. You have to show them the transcript. No, you don't have to. Oh. You don't have to. Not with everyone. Because, <laughs> because don't forget, in the UK, it's £8,000 for a UK citizen and £16,000 for an international. Yeah. So they really want to get yes, 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 yes. that 16 k very true. So they're very willing to close eyes. In fact, one university even discovered that I, that, I, that, I, that I lied, I think. And they messaged me saying, oh, you know, a normal requirement for this class is like one A, two A's and a B. But he said, we were just happily, just luckily, we have space for you. Right? <laughs> exactly. So We um, happen to have space. We happen to have space. And so I thought to myself, well, I've got options. So what do I want to do? So I went around London at universities. And I thought to myself, what I give a shit about isn't the course, isn't the degree. I give a shit about is how hot the girls are. And so I just went to universities. I can't say the same for military school. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I did. And that's how I ended up with Westminster. I just, I just rem remember walking in and seeing loads of Russian girls. And I thought to myself, this is it. This I, is I it. made it. Huh? I made it. <laughs> and that, that, that I, I implied immediately to that school. Interesting. That I, I can relate. Because, um, yeah, man, grade 12, uh, no school would take me. I had to be homeschooled. So I, I can definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w I was there. I was there. Uh, no regrets, right? Huh? No regrets, right? Not at all, man. It's made me who I am today. Salaha. And so my my mother likes to recall the past. Um, because she's she can talk about it now because Alhamdulillah she's happy with well I think she's happy with yeah, who I, I am absolutely. today. Come I on. hope she's happy with who I am today. But uh, she talks about it a lot, right? And when people hear it Anyone, they don't believe it. Mm. Looking at me, they just do not believe it. But they tell me, do you have any regrets? I say, not at all. Relax. Anything you hear, I'm proud of you. Mm. Anything. Mm. It literally made me who I am today. I'm with you. I'm with you. No regrets. I'm with you. Now, do you have a brother or sister? Just one sister. I have a sister. And she also an entrepreneur? Uh, no, she's not. So I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. Interesting that you asked that. Because imagine... Because I would imagine you're the black sheep of the family. Yes. Uh, okay, now imagine, I just told you, so my mom, alhamdulillah, my mother was really happy with who I am today, and she, he just got married, he has a good job, you know, he course. went from that, he got here, but then he came to me and said he was, he's quitting his job. It wasn't an easy conversation to have with the family, mm. uh, to tell them, yeah, yes, I realize I just got married, I realize all of these things, I realize financially, blah, 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 but this is what I want to do. It wasn't an easy conversation as at first. Thus, Alhamdulillah, they all push me to today. That's good. Alhamdulillah. Uh, that, that's that's important. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they have your back, I mean, you feel, uh, you feel more confident. There's wind behind your sail. Nice, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah it was an easy conversation. Thus, it, it worked out, Alhamdulillah. So I'm the only one, the only entrepreneur. In the family. Currently. Till you have kids, inshallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inshallah. inshallah. Until, until they go to the military and then decide. Yeah? yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Wh whether or not they, they, they'll get kicked out of the military or they'll, they'll <laughs> put themselves through it. <laughs> if they're anything like me, they may get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so that's uh, that's the history and that got me to where I am today no regrets whatsoever can you say uh, on camera on camera it doesn't matter uh, have you broken even yet or you're still in the process too no we just started okay um, so we've officially launched um, how long has it been seven months now sure officially sure in the market so it's gonna take some time of course we're a startup um, and we're transitioning into a scale up okay and with that in mind you want to be cash flow positive at every region or every country that you're in at a certain date. Of course. So we're trying very hard to be cash flow positive Bahrain and then start in Saudi. Of course, you're not going to be cash flow positive there. Okay. Um, but we're our ambition is to be cash flow positive in every country that we're in within a year. Okay. Cash flow. Okay. So so to be profitable, as as you you basically just have to meet what uh, economics of scale, just a certain amount of customer base, right? Yes. And that's just to pay off late because in theory the only cost you have because i don't know how you arrange your contract with your with your partner for for the, the washing it's just staff right staff and maybe rent and maybe car i guess so it's it's a lot of these things marketing tech tech is a huge cost really okay so um, just the upkeep you mean upkeep team okay um a lot of r d okay so my background is in product okay and I'm putting a lot of emphasis, including budgeting, in towards R&D. Okay. Right. So we're going to be spending a lot and trying out new things. Okay. Trying better ways to optimize. Trying better ways to provide new okay. products to customers. But that's a cost. Okay. Um, and of course, remember the the tactic that you mentioned: offer a service for free, etc. If you want to scale fast, that's scale. You want to achieve that economies of scale. You need to burn cash, best. I've read this really interesting article recently. <coughs> it says, stop thinking like a unicorn, think more like a camel. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was a Harvard Business Review, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And that's how we're acting today. That's who we are today. Right? We're not trying to burn cash unnecessarily. We are, we are focused on growth. We know how to spend to grow. But we're really conscious on where our margins are. Because our unit economics are. Because growth isn't so much important to you as, acquisi as acquisition of customer, right? Exactly. Right? I mean, if it doesn't matter if you have a thousand new accounts every day if they're not transitioning into, into, into paid transaction customer. customer, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. There, there, I'll share with you. There's a really good podcast, way better than mine. Um, they're not based in Bahrain. They're based in the U.S. It's called oh, – I forgot the name, but I'll share it with you. And and they have various techniques uh, for SSAR businesses and uh, growth and acquisition and trans and, tr and transferring that growth into into ac paid acquisition paid customers, customers. Yeah. customers. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I'll share it with you it has some really really Thank great you, resources that, and yeah. it has some really great knowledge and uh, it's backed up by by some really really great people I'm not associated to it but yeah just check yeah. it out good you know I think you're yeah. absolutely right every Startup has its own way of defining its balance, right? Sure, sure. And we know the risky, bumpy road that a lot of startups have gone into when it comes to scaling too fast, growing too fast, and never being profitable, growing and then I downsizing. And but we are conscious of that from day one. I mean, growth isn't too much. Of, I mean, you don't have to care too much about profits as long as you work in an industry that, that, 
that is willing to support that. Amazon didn't make a profit for 20 years, right? Exactly. But the Wall Street was willing to support it. You need to have a strategy in place that will get you from A to B to C. Sure, 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 sure. And for some companies, it's profits. For some companies, it's raising rounds. For some companies, it's growth. But from at a gross level, you need to be profitable. And you don't think you don't think it makes sense doing an IPO this soon, right? Too early. Too early, yeah. Too early. Too early. Uh, we're we're still at uh, I would consider it that we're still at the pre-seed stage. Okay. Okay. We're still a young. Okay. Company. I I, I mean you're beyond concept now because it seems to be working we're perfectly. We're past concept. Right. We're past concept. We think we have a very good inclination of product market fit. People love our service. People are coming back. As we have that covered. Um, now we're at the stage where. We need to make sure that our business model is ready to scale. Okay. Right? Absolutely. I'm not saying it isn't, but you need to focus on that. I, if you can work all this out, hypothetically, and I hope it for you, and I hope you can you can get into the, all the Middle Eastern markets that you want to get and internationally and yada, yada. I think that as soon as you've got that locked in, your next, your next step, your daughter company should be this should be using the skills necessary that you have acquired with your with your with your partners for th- for the for the laundry service marketing then b2b com- customers like hotels bars restaurants all this kind of stuff supplying them the uniform at at a lost leader but hooking them at laundry at the laundry right and then you do that as 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 a as a as a contract basis you you say hey listen you don't ever have to worry about a piece of item being broken you don't ever have to worry about missing a piece of item you don't even have to worry that you run out of stock we'll handle that you just dump it at our van comes to your labor force clean it's one contract you're done we procure it we'll service it like buying a car exactly buy the car and you service it there as well exactly exactly that that would that should be definitely your stage two if you don't mind me saying after stage one, because for that, you obviously need to have that partnerships and you need to have that knowledge. Definitely, definitely. But I think for us, stage two is taking um, take, taking a step further. Sure. Because again, you really want to disrupt, right? And yeah. And just an app is not going to do it. Sure. You really want to change the way laundry is perceived in the That's market. That's some big ambitions. That's some big ambitions. But your stage two needs to be something that once you've really worked on stage one and you've mastered it, you've, you're there, you've got brand equity, you've got the customers, stage two needs to be a bank, right? Okay. It needs to be something huge. And we have a strategy set in place, but uh, how well we do in stage one will define stage two. And that's really going in with a bank when it comes to this, this industry. Do you know what you could do as an A-B test, but you're not going to be able to do it in this market, sadly? You should try and see if 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 mobile gambling strategies or the pay-to-win strategy is applicable to your business model. That instead of buying with hard cash that laundry service, you buy app currency, like how video games work, right? And then using that currency to purchase the 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 thing. That you create a little friction, which you never normally want to do. The doobie wallet. So d- with Doobie Wallet, right? But Doobie ish. ish, because you're still having dinar as that currency, right? Yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. a do instead of a Doobie coin, right? Yeah. But if if you can get that transition happening, and especially if you can make that currency rate between the two different enough 
that people can't be, they're too lazy to calculate how much one dinar is to, to a doobie dinar. Yeah. Right? And yeah, and that's yeah. how that's how these game industries lock you in. Gamification, but, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's not so much gamification, but yeah, we can cut that part out if you want. <laughs> Are you guys taking notes? You can keep the video. I'm sending it to you. That is your fourth idea. I love it. Sorry. That's just how my brain works. It's good. It's good. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> just giving us new ideas, which is interesting. Um, we also, when the reason why I said gamification, we had this idea, um, one of team members is why don't we launch a game within the app okay okay and we set like a score whoever achieves the score gets points okay and this points you can use it to purchase lunges okay 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 and it's these points you can either get these points by winning in the game in the application whatever that game is mm -hmm. can be like candy crush or whatever something mm -hmm. similar as a concept or you can buy these points mm-hmm and if you buy these points, this kind of goes towards very similar to what you were talking about, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Having your own currency in the app. Mm -hmm. Again, there are lots of ideas to kind of integrate the way games are set up today. Sure. I mean, you c by doing that, you so, so this is the old adage, right? With, with the app and social media complexes is that it's all about the eyeballs. How much attention can you demand from the user? The more somebody spends on Netflix, the less they're gonna spend on YouTube or Amazon. Right, and I, I don't necessarily know if that business model necessarily works is with yours frictionlessly, or if there's a little bit of 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 a problem or an issue, because I don't necessarily see I don't necessarily see someone saying like, oh, you know what, I'm going to open this app game in order to to play this game, unless it's really really fun, like it Snake. It has to be. It has to be really really fun. Maybe Snake. And it has to be a throwback. Maybe Snake. Maybe maybe something like that. Maybe something like that. That like 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 a Nintendo old game or 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 yeah. But then you need to reward them, right? Sure. Hit the score and you get. Sure, you have to hit the dopamine. Definitely. Yeah. Right. There's one of the nice ideas that came up recently. Um, so we work on these brainstorming sessions, which I'd love to have you a part of. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and this was one of the ideas that really caught my attention. I liked it for some reason, but we didn't execute it yet. Q craving. Response, reward. That's how you build any kind of addiction. I shouldn't use that word. <laughs> That's how you build any kind of habit. And the idea is just get them on the app. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think getting them on the app is, is, is the first step, but I think the, 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 the second step is obviously trying to get them to, to spend, the, spend the money. And I don't know, do you offer any, do you offer cash service as well or not really? Do you think that could be a bottleneck at all? Not today. Not today? Especially, especially in Bahrain. Bahrain has done a really good job with benefit pay, mm. with all these tap and go, Apple Pay is here now. But cash is really slow these days. I have, I have a 20 VD in my pocket that's been there for a while. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you message, uh, reach out to LinkedIn, to, to LinkedIn? Why don't you message in through LinkedIn to one of the managers in Talabat? and see if you can strike up a conversation or, or see if whatever groups they're hanging out with and just go straight up and ask them, say, hey, you know what? I've been using Talabat for years and I was just wondering, do you guys even use cash? Do how many people actually use cash on your platform? Because I can tell you, I generally use cash yeah, yeah. On, tele on Talabat. Till today. Till today, generally, because I, uh, that way I can give the guy a tip. You can still give him a tip. How? If you have cash. Yeah, but I have like 20 BD. And if the food comes, <laughs> what am I gonna do? Give him 20 BD? No way. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. 
Yeah, I mean, the whole set. I don't think... Uh, but that brings up another point. There was article I read. So when, when this whole digitization and everyone is spending online, spending using cars, cashless, right? Mm. Fri- frictionless. A lot of the people who used to get tips, Trevor, got affected. Because when these companies were building all of these payment methods, they forgot about the whole tip feature. Mm-hmm. And that was a big issue that was going on. Uh, however, you see a lot of these companies now have this tip option. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if all about have it. I always thought they did. I'm not sure. I, I, it's not easy to find if it is. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. Uh, Uber Eats does it. Yeah. Uh, Delivery Roo does it. Uber, man, Uber had it for for a while now. Honestly. Oh man, Uber is uh, Uber is a great, great, great study program for you guys because they've really honed into everything from Uber Wallet yeah. to Uber Reward System. Uh, exactly. Uber subscription. Exactly. exactly. So what? What? Th- one of the narratives, or one of oh. the things that I tell the team. Go ahead. Sorry, I just, yeah, yeah. I just had a lightning bolt for y- for y- for you. Uh, if you have well endowed connections necessarily, or anyone else here, you can use this idea as well. See if 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 you can contact them and say, hey, listen, you know what? For your employees, because you're my buddy, I want to give them a discount because they work at your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you, that, that works really well. That, uh, especially to, to get more locked in paid consumers and building that goodwill. That we started and a lot of them approached us with that. Right? Really? Like, listen, we'll, and, and the way we're doing it today is twofold, right? Number one, it's employee to employee. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, you have a gym. Mm-hmm. If my employees come to your gym, they get a discount. Your employees use Ruby, they get a discount. But sure. we've also taken further to your customers, my customers. Sure. My customers go to your gym, they get a discount. Your customers come to Ruby, they get a discount. Sure. And it works like magic. Sure. Works really well. So yeah, I agree. Let's go. I want to go back. I want to touch a bit more on the whole Uber point. Go for it. One thing that I tell the team is, so when I was in the States, I was there before and after Uber. Okay. At least where I used to live, my company was. Mm. And... This is the impact of Uber, right? Back in the day when I wanted a cab, my military days, I had to call the call center. Wait, 10 minutes. They respond. Try to explain to them where you are. Even though you say the name of uh, the campus, which side of the campus, huge campus, Mm. until you explain it to them. Okay, fine, done. They tell you the guy's gonna get there in 30 minutes, he gets there in 45. Hello, no worries. So you've done this, the guy's there. To get in the car, because where do you want to go? You tell him. That's fine. And then he plays whatever he's doing. He's on the phone. doesn't care about you. Always racist. Always saying fucked up shit. Every always. time. Uh, interesting conversation. It can be entertainment if you're into that. Right? Yeah. Takes you from point A to point B, but never at the door because what's convenient for him to continue or to leave, right? Mm. He drops you off here. That's the door. He's like, you want to leave or what? Mm. So you pay him cash, leave. To me, that was a terrible experience. Every time I wanted to go somewhere, I knew I had to hail a cab. It was bad. And when you're on the street, you just wave your hand like an idiot, right? Mm. What did Uber do? Uber took, I would say, that leverage, that power from the industry, gave it to the consumer, right? Sure. Because their concept, who's in control? It's the consumer. Mm -hmm. The consumer has to be happy for the Uber driver to succeed, to continue working. It's all about the rating. So now you get in a car, you order a car through an app, you know how long he needs to get to you. 
you get in the car, it smells good, there's a water bottle some, some of the times for you, you can hook up your AUX back in the day yeah, or yeah. Bluetooth, right? Sure. Listen to your own music and he drops you exactly where you want to go. The whole experience changed by, to me, by one simple factor. You take the leverage away from it, turn it from a commodity and make it a service. Sure, sure. And that's what we're trying to do for Google. We want you, for example, whether you're in Bahrain, Saudiya, Masr, Singapore, you only know one way of doing laundry, which is Google, and it's the same experience. Because with Uber, whether, I, whether I'm in New York, or I'm in London, or I'm in Italy, it doesn't matter. Because all I have to do is pull out the app, it's the exact same way of hailing a cab. I don't have to know how it's done in this country. I just do it the Uber way. It's globalized. Okay, I hear what your bigger dream is. Okay. And that's what we want to do for Dubai. Uh, okay, okay, Doesn't okay. Doesn't matter the language you speak, the country you're in, this is how you will do laundry. And it's the same app, same process, same everything. I, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I really, really get where you're coming from. I think y y there's going to be a little bit of friction because you, don't, you won't be able to have it as streamlined as Uber has it because what you need is an Uber driver, a car and a driver's license, right? Maybe insurance, but that's not even totally required. And you're on the go. Now, with, with your text, uh, textile, sorry, your laundry service business, it is almost similar to Airbnb, where you require the partner. You require that industry. So you could, you could in theory, hire some van and a dude, hire an Uber driver, hire whoever to pick up the laundry for the customer and then give it to that supplier. But that would mean you wouldn't have that control that you would love, the quality control that Doobie has, right? Because now you're totally reliant on that driver that you don't really know, putting in the van that is hopefully somewhat clean to deliver it to a partner who can keep Logistically to Logistically, it's not as streamlined as Uber, mm. um, but it is possible. I think so too. So finding a logistics partner mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be regular users because again, with laundry, it's not like food or a cab. You need very specific sizes of vans. They need to have the rails. They need to have all of these things. But that more or less wouldn't apply. But you're dependent on the partner. Luckily, laundry is one of the oldest industries known to man. I think it's everywhere. I think the way to make it work, I think the only way, and this is years ahead. I don't. I mean, this is not anything you're going to be able to do in the next five years unless you have some massive cash injection and some massive backing from, from the big four to make this work, is, is to have a, 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 a office in each continent right, that, that European office that can deal with sorting out and upkeep with, with uh, your Italian customers, with your French customers, with your German customers, with your English customers, because y you, you will systematically need to go and check those partners. You need to have hubs. Exactly. And that's what we're doing, Annie. Inshallah, Bacha, Neftaf's idea. Okay. We're going to have a hub there. Exactly, exactly, right? exactly. You need to. You need to. Like with McDonald's, they go and inspect every one of their McDonald's at least once a year. Good point. Now you brought up McDonald's. Sure. Let's say we're going to um, emerging markets that don't have these large scale facilities. Okay. What do you do there? You may either wait till it's been built or reinvest and build it and then hope to find a partner who's running to will it, run it. McDonald's, you franchise. Sure. You show them the numbers, you show them the business that you provide, they build it, they manage it. You give them the customers, you do the marketing, you manage the logistics. Uh, I don't think it's e that easy with, with any kind of a franchise business like that. Um, have you seen the movie? I like to reference this movie. Sure. Um, it's on, I think it's on Netflix. 
for the McDonald's, it's called the founder. Yeah, 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 yeah. He owns the land and not the McDonald's. But did you see initially how he franchised? Picking yes. the partners. What went wrong in the beginning? Exactly. Oh, the I don't remember. It was very, a long time very ago. similar example to what you mentioned and how he fixed it going forward. So what I'm trying to say is with every franchise, this risk is there. Mm. It's how you set up the business model to ensure that your processes are followed, your business model is being applied, right? Uh, it's a risk in a high career. Yeah, Habibi, but don't forget that you're, you're assuming that the best of intentions, right? So, so you're not assuming that, that, that your, your franchisors are going to be greedy or going to mess around. You have to assume that, but you need to have controls in place to be able to mitigate that. Sure, but that's easier said than done. I mean, for, for something like that to occur, you would, you would definitely have to speak to, to some VP or, or a C-level guy from McDonald's and try to somehow poach him to come work for you. That's the only way I can see that model working. Well, uh, I see it's been done. It can sure. be done again. Sure. With the proper controls in place, it can be done. You'll make mistakes, you'll mess up, you'll improve your controls, but you can get to a level. Also, we f we forgot one key thing. Unless, unless Habibi, you have your headquarters in the U.S. Yeah. Unless you somehow make sure you have a U.S. citizenship, unless you have something of that nature. I think that's part we might have cut out. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. There's a reason why why Apple, uh, uh, Google, M McDonald's, Burger King, Coca-Cola, uh, Pepsi, all of these are American brands, right? The U.S. uses its its political force in order to to push out those brands everywhere. Yeah. When 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 Japan didn't want to accept uh, uh, Xboxes into the country, they actually had a ban of Xboxes in order to support their own economy. The U.S. military got involved and said, "No, you're going to take." these Xboxes. <laughs> so that's the power of the US military. So un 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 unless you can somehow use that force and be being headquartered in America, I, I don't know how you'd be able to control that franchiser experience. In America? No, globally. Do you, know, do you get what I'm saying or not really much? Ish. Ish? Ish. Because you need backing when you're working at global scale. Definitely. Right? Definitely. And Forget financial backing. You need soft power, soft power banking. You need access to market. That too, absolutely. And you absolutely. definitely ac need access to market, and you need. And regulators not kicking you, you up the ass. You need to be able to manage regulators. You need to be able to lobby. Uh, but again, it's all—all all of this is possible. It's—it has been done. It can be done. I'm not saying it should be done, for Duby. Well, I can. It's on the table. No, no, I, Habibi, I don't—I don't want to discourage you. I, my my concern and my worry only is: what, do you, can you name one British company? other than Dyson that has succeeded internationally? Why did you pick on British specifically? I can, because British is the only brand that I can think of that is, that is, that is, has good products, uh -huh. but they're all gone. They're all gone. Jaguar is owned by Tata. Yeah. Land Rover is owned by Tata. Tata. Uh, Rolls Royce is owned by BMW, I think. Or Mercedes? Cadbury. Or something like that, right? No, no, I'm asking you. Cadbury. Cadbury? Cadbury. Is owned by U.S. Nestle? Interesting. It, it, it's, it's, it's all gone. Even the board of, of Microsoft and the board of Porsche has American board members on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so that's, that's, that's what's been gnawing on my head. Because at the end of the day, I think... People, people say, you know, the American economy is suffering, blah, 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 blah. But really, if you look at the strength 
of these guys in the American economy. American economy is a mammoth globally. Not just that, Habibi. When people talk about China and they say like, oh, you know, competing power, they don't realize that the people who are on the board are Americans, right? The people who own these Goliath of companies are Americans. We, we moved into one of the offices from Harrod mm. and there was a new kind of retail stores in front of us. There are buildings and half, some of them are half finished. But there were two drive-thrus. Mm. And they were building them, right? So they were saying, oh, guys, everyone's excited. Oh, what are they, what, what they going to bring? Food in terms of Harley. The bets are Starbucks and McDonald's. Mm. What else are going to mm. Starbucks and McDonald's. Mm. A few months later, Starbucks and McDonald's. Mm. But these are, this is the strength of these American brands. Um, they're mammoths. They're amazing. You can learn a lot from them. I'm not saying compete with them. Not even compete, Habib, but, but, but if you start a company right now, I mean, let's look at your company right now. You could, you could very easily end up like in with Sonia's position where her brand is being stolen, duplicates aren't being made done. She's going to court in, in Serbia, she's going to court in, in, in Qatar and in Kuwait and, and UAE, but there's, there's no enforcement. There's no enforcement because it's, because it's GCSE brand. However, if, if Apple or Nike or, or any of the American brands this happened to, I can promise you that shit would be shut down like this, yeah. right? And that's, that's one of the concerns uh, that, that, that you need to look into, Habibi. Which is normal everywhere, huh? I agree, absolutely. I, not the same scale. <clears throat> of course, not on the same scale, but what you said is true to a certain degree everywhere. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. The I mean, bigger you are, the more, le the more uh, leverage you have. No, I agree. I agree. Every, every everything has an advantage, disadvantages. You know, and you're always going to have competitors entering the market as soon as you're profitable. That's normal. The question is to put barriers of entry on, and if if you can make partnerships, like imagine if if you can get all these Talabat drivers. Imagine you could have access to all those drivers, hypothetically. Right, and that they, they could just pick up like the clothing from if if a customer's already ordered from Talabat and then bring it over. You're looking at me like you really thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to a certain degree, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? This and a lot of many other things that you can do. Yeah. yeah. Really, I mean, if you really look for something, if it's on your mind, you'll find it. And being in the business, you kind of notice a lot of these. I would say hacks mm. and getting on the road growth hacks. Yeah, yeah. And how do you want to do it with the drivers? Do you want to own the drivers? Do you want to own the vehicles, or do you want to be where where it's a separate app where somebody can apply to be a driver? No, at the ad at the end of the day, I mean, if you really want to scale, mm -hmm. uh, this is something that you have to outsource. Mm. Right? It's it doesn't make sense for you to keep and uh, manage these drivers as your employees. Mm. You need to find uh, the right model that really makes sense for them, that protects them as drivers, protects your users, and works well with your laundry facilities. You need to have that balance. Very political answer. I love it. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's true. It's yeah. true. It's, it's, it's really true. Um, and uh, we ha we're not there yet. So we're trying. Mm. Uh, we want to get there. But we took a conscious decision in day one not to outsource. Day one. And mm. the reason why we did that is because, again, the three of us, the four of us, the whole team, we don't have experience in logistics.
but we also know that we don't like how the current market in terms of laundry manages its logistics mm. we don't approve of it and that's why we're here so we said let's get our own drivers we'll procure the cars doesn't matter what model we use and we'll build the whole process the whole journey the whole all the touch points from the ground up so that we get to a level where we know exactly how to train new drivers and we know exactly uh, how to manage the logistics going forward to be able to scale yeah i can't imagine how how much of a headache that is day one we knew zero <laughs> in terms of logistics yeah i have this excel file that i think i'm going to print and put on the wall yeah. of how my part one of the partners and i try to you know, strategize logistics if you look at it you're going to laugh but this was us day one because we knew nothing but ask us again today right H how do you do it do you break it up into areas yeah, that's the most sensible, right? That's the most sensible. That's, there's a lot of things that you can do to optimize. And it's it's different for every market or every field that you're in, right? Okay. Yeah. When it comes to F&B, it's different on how you optimize laundry. When it comes to like DHL, everyone has their own type of niche, their own type of tactic mm. within their niche. But if you look at us today, the way we are utilizing and optimizing logistics, amazing. And we are achieving utilization of slots available slots way above 90 percent oh wow and doing that and knowing that day one we knew nothing tells you a lot right it's not impossible absolutely we didn't have to hire somebody who had all this experience we had to learn ourselves to figure it out so we're at a level where we know how to optimize logistics we know how to train the drivers we know exactly what we expect so we're ready to outsource more because we we can set the standards today which we didn't in day one. Day one, we would have gotten into outsourcing logistics blindly. Uh, 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 Dan, can you open the image again on Instagram? Can you show me a bag? Any bag? The CFR? Because I was just thinking in my head, in long term, yeah. in order to maximize your space, is if you, you put a ceiling function so like a vacuum at the back of the truck or the van that can seal the air out. Nice. Therefore, you can save about 60% of your space or maybe even 80% of the space of the bag is just mostly air. So as you tightly sealed it, that means you can fit more clothing into one vehicle. That's a good idea. <laughs> no, Sorry. I'll tell you why. Because we were thinking of a sealing mechanism for another reason. Mm -hmm. So we never thought of vacuum sealing to give you more space that's actually a good idea no i mean it's it's more space for your van right then you can stack more clothes to it less trips less back and forth exactly more like money for saved. example one of the things that we did initially this is part of the learning process yeah mm. is that we had so this is your pickup when we pick up items it looks like this mm. could you go out um i'll show you another Done. photo so if you could go back please yeah scroll down 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 okay the photo on the left Top left, yeah, this one. Left, 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 the clothing done. Yeah. That one there. That one was the pickup, and this is how the drop-off looks like, right? Mm. That's how it is when it came to us. This is how it's coming back to you. Hello? Hello, Unos. Okay. Initially, what we were doing is it's the car used to be a mixture of both. Now what we're doing is a car only has pickups, another car only has this. You're, okay. you're utilizing the space more. For pickups, you can kind of put them, or not squeeze them, but push them more than you would because they're all in the bag anyway mm. and they're all closed and sealed what have you that's when it comes to ready items you need to be very delicate 
need to hang them in specific ways. The car can't be over cramped, right? Mm. And this helped us optimize our utilization, the efficiency. One of the few things that we've learned along the way. If what you could do for for logistics, you could get a metal bar like a shower curtain, put it in the van where you hang up the clothes, right? It's already there, yeah. It's already there. But but put blockets like 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 wooden block or whatever else that has a number, fifteen to fifteen, for example, fifteen to sixteen, sixteen to seventeen. Hello. And so every time when somebody when the driver delivers, he looks at the number, says sixteen. He knows it's exactly that. He doesn't have to look at every shirt. True. True. Are uh, you doing that already or not? Yes, with a barcode. With a barcode. With a barcode. Okay, so that's more control then, but that means also that every time it's being delivered, a scan is being made, therefore the same units that are being taken in is the same units taking out. And it's segregated based on delivery. But if you do One, that... One, two, three, four, five, six, based on your first, second, third, fourth, uh, fifth delivery. Sure, sure, but if you do that in the back end, when, when the loading is being done, then that's less time on the driver. Could so you repeat this part? So, so if you, if you're at the fact, if you're in the in the in the cleaning facility right now, Hello. as you're packing it in, you scan it. Yes. Right. So because it cannot disappear between the van and the house. Correct. Right. And so that means that the driver has less time spent on the ground not driving, because what you want to optimize yes. his delivery. Yes. Get rid of him scanning each item at the delivery point and rather scan each item at the check-in point at the facility. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Therefore, the, you're, you're, you're not stopping every time you stop at a place, bam, 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 bam. You do it all in once at the facility. We do it in the facility. Sure. But we also do it once we deliver. Why are you double scanning it? Are you worried that it's going to get lost in the vehicle? It's to ensure that all of the items that the customer ordered went back to the customer. And the scan literally takes seconds in this because the driver doesn't have to tag, he just scans. Okay. So for every order at the facility, he scans and they're all received. Okay. Once he gets to the customer, at the customer's door, while he's already there, he just scans one barcode. Okay. Order delivered. Oh, one barcode. Yeah, yeah, order okay. delivered. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. And, and I think DHL and FedEx do it the same way because it, it automates everything. Once the driver scans, customer gets a notification, the system is updated, everything is kind of streamlined, and then this has been handed over to the customer. Okay, good. So you do have people who are actually putting thought into it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because when you were telling me on the business, I was thinking, okay, what are the key steps that is probably not optimized yet? And that's how then my brain like then goes down. When we started Doobie, we had no driver app, hmm. no laundry management system as we call it. So no laundry app, everything hmm. was done manually. No CRM, no nothing. Nothing. And we did that on purpose. Because we wanted to build the laundry app and the driver app after we started operating. Sure. Because in my previous experience, the previous jobs, I've seen that we've overbuilt too many services that nobody ever used. Mm. And of course, Taban as a bootstrap startup initially, you need to kind of cut weight. Exactly. So I can start, know exactly what you want, and then build. So it was an interesting first 30 days with no system. So managing everything manually was crazy. That must have been a nightmare. How many people were yelling at you at that point? We were yelling at ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been crazy. That must have been absolutely crazy. We were all over the place. But by the way, if you don't understand the concept of the show, is, is uh, what my dream is, is that when I invite somebody back about like three to six months, I'd love to explore what has happened. Does that make sense? 
So that's why my my attitude is always constantly like either giving feedback or asking questions or something like that because because my biggest dream is if as I meet people again in six months or three months that they're like hey you know what we were here and then we were there. Especially with startups because man we have a lot going on daily, a lot of things can change in one day. Fair. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure I'll have another story to tell you. Absolutely. Definitely. In, absolutely. In, in six months. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you only run this business or do you have a second business at the same time? My all my time is focused on this. Okay. It has to be. Okay. For the ambitions that we have, it has to be. So uh, show me some more pictures, Danny boy. Just scroll up and down. Okay. I really like what you're doing with your marketing. Thanks. Thanks. So it's it's more it's it's kind of catering towards the whole lifestyle approach more than your standard. Here's laundry. Here's the prices. Here's the discounts, right? So we try to keep it more about the lifestyle about how people perceive laundry, how people would feel after using laundry. Because you, you get that good positive reinforcement when mm. laundry is done. It's like food, right? Mm. Mm. 